You have it tuned to the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Very happy to be talking Colgate volleyball right now as the volleyball team off to a great start talking to one of their star players, Allie Lau. And first of all, Allie, what do you attribute to the team's early success? This team has worked harder than any team I've ever been on in the past. Like starting last spring, actually, so last like January, a core group of girls have been in there working every single day and we just really put in the work this summer and it's really paying off. I think another thing that's been really helpful for us is our team has worked really closely with the sports psychologist Bill Moore, and it's helped us really improve our mental game, which has had a huge upside that we've been able to see. Like Our mental toughness has gone up, and we've been able to fight through those five-set matches, and it's, it's really awesome. It's a different group of girls. It's, it's great. The sports psychology thing, did you ever think of that? Did you think that's something, you know, coming in as a freshman, that that could possibly help you guys down the road? Is that kind of a revelation, the fact that that has helped you so much? Yeah, I had never really given it too much thought, if I'm being honest. I'd heard of sports psychologists in the past, but I didn't really understand fully what their role was. So I think that I just have never been, like, exposed to them before. So this has been extremely helpful, and it's like in ways that I never could have imagined. It's opened up the game. Like, it's not all about our physicality. Like, yeah, you know, we're a big group of girls. We're strong. We're, we know how to play the game, but it's not all about that. Like, it's it's opened different doors, and it's really helped us a lot. The team off to a five-one start, Alan. You're also putting up crazy numbers. What mm-hmm. do you attribute the individual success to? I think there is no individual success in volleyball. It is such a team sport. I could not get any of the kills if I didn't have people passing the ball and giving it to me. So, like, I just attribute all of my success to the teamwork that we have. This this group, like I said before, it's a special group of girls. Like, we're all really close. We trust each other so much because of how hard we work together in the spring and over the summer holding each other accountable. And honestly, I could, I literally couldn't do it without them. I can't touch the ball more than once. So. I I attribute it all to my team, the work we've put in. It's really paying off. It's awesome. Talk about the teamwork and what was working really well for your career-high 31-kill performance against Sacred Heart. (laughs) That was wild, honestly. I had no idea what was happening in the game. We had a goal that weekend. We wanted to sweep everybody, and we wanted to go 3-0. And I think that after that Harvard match, when we lost a set, we were kind of shaken up a little bit, but then we realized we can still accomplish our goal of going 3-0 on the whole weekend. And it's hard to turn around and play that quick right after, but we were able to buckle down and just do it. And I give Julia, our setter, like a huge amount of credit. Like she was able to work that game. She read everything and she just kept doing what was working. And at that time I was getting a bunch of kills. So she just kept running me and it was working and our defense was incredible. People were covering so hard. I wasn't afraid to swing at all because I knew that if I got blocked, I would have my teammates behind me ready to keep playing the ball. It was an incredible game, a really cool feeling. Talking to junior volleyball player for Colgate, Ellie Lau. So did you have any idea that your kill total was that high, Ellie, or it was a total shock when you looked at the stat sheet afterwards? I honestly had no idea. When I play, I forget a lot of things that happen because in volleyball, you just have to keep moving on. If you think about the last play, you're going to make mistakes. I knew that I had made a lot of kills, but I had no idea it was it was in the 30s. That was pretty wild to me. I remember when the game was over, my aunt had come to watch, and I went over to give her a hug to say thanks for coming. And she told me I had 31 kills, and I thought she was kidding. So I was like, 
No, you must have read the numbers wrong. But yeah, so that was pretty incredible. You recently got your first ever Patriot League Player of the Week award. And then to follow that up, you got another one, Allie. So what was your initial <laughs> reaction when you got the first award? And then what was your reaction when you got back-to-back honors? That was really exciting, honestly. I was honestly just really honored to be chosen. There's a lot of good players in the Patriot League. And and the fact that they chose me, that was pretty cool. I really appreciated that. Now, is it just kind of word recognition? Do you get a certificate? Do you get a trophy, a $25 gift card to Target? Do you get anything, or <laughs> it's just a recognition? No, it's just a recognition, but I appreciate it. It's really cool. It's nice to be recognized. What was the off-season focus for you and your team? I think for the whole team, we decided we were going to change our game mentality. And our focus really in the spring and all throughout the summer was we're going to come into every single game with an aggressive mentality. So everything we do on this court is going to be aggressive. And whether it's hitting, whether it's defense, whether it's serving, we're going to go for it. And we recognize that that means we might be making a few more errors because we're just going to be playing really hard. But it's something that we're going to be okay with. And as long as we play harder than the other team, we'll come down on top. I really like that. I like that play mentality. What's it going to be like playing at home for the first time this season? The team must be excited. <laughs> we're all so excited to be at home. We love playing in Conorail Court. The environment's great. Like Not having to travel is always a huge plus. We're just really looking forward to it, getting the crowd to come out. It's going to be so much fun. Quinnipiac, UNH, and Rutgers coming to town, Allie. What do you know about these three teams? I have a couple friends that I played on the same club team with who play at these other teams so I'm familiar with some of their tendencies but what we know is it's just it's going to be a fight all three matches like we don't have an easy preseason in any sense we know that we're going to have to really like buckle down and we're going to have to work and as long as we set our goals and play our game and set the pace of the game then we're going to come out on top. I know your focus is on the task at hand and taking care of the competition this weekend but are you thinking about Carolina at all? Have you been to Carolina before and some great teams on the docket as well? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't been down there. I've heard it's beautiful, but I haven't given it too much thought. Honestly, I'm really excited for it. It's going to be so much fun to play in that environment. And with the way that we're playing now, there could be some big upsets, and I'm really excited for it. I'm looking forward to it a lot. We all know how great head coach Ryan Baker is, Allie, but yeah. what about the assistants, Matt and Tracy? Tell us a little bit about them and how oh they make this program better. They're great. Matt and Tracy work so well together with Ryan, too. They all complement each other really well. It's a great dynamic in practice. It's like whether we're doing teamwork or like split up by positions, all three coaches are always involved. There are people that, like, you can tell how much they care about the game. Tracy does so much research, and with everything that she talks about, you can tell she's so informed. Matt knows what he's talking about. He's a great player. He plays with us all the time and challenges us in every way, and it makes it so much fun to play in that gym and be coached by them. It's a great coaching staff. We're really lucky. Let's get off the court, Allie, and why don't you take us into the classroom? What class are you really glad you are taking right now, and what class currently do you think is going to be a big challenge for you? Oh, that's a good question. I'm in some pretty interesting classes this semester, actually. The one I'm probably most excited for is called Silent Warfare and Intel Analysis. All the different like intel agencies and what they do in the United States and abroad and how that's impacted by people of power and like why intel failures happen and stuff like that. So I'm really excited for that class. Uh, and then one that I is not normally in my studies is an econ class. I'm taking a principles of accounting. So it's, it's making me think in different ways. That might be a little bit challenging, but um, I'm excited to learn more about the business world and 
that should be pretty useful when I'm uh, done college. That's pretty cool. And let's rewind the clock and go to your days before Colgate. Let's uh, go back to Unionville. You also played lacrosse there. Were you good enough to play collegiate lacrosse, Allie? You know, I never really knew. I played lacrosse for a really long time, from first grade to ninth grade. But after ninth grade, I had to stop because lacrosse is a spring sport, which is the same time that club volleyball is going on. And I, by that point, I knew that I wanted to play volleyball in college. So I couldn't be missing lacrosse for volleyball practice and vice versa. So I don't really know. I do miss the sport sometimes, though. It's, it's a lot of fun to play. We know you're from Pennsylvania, but you were born in Colorado. How long were you in Colorado for? And did you go right from Colorado to Pennsylvania, or were there other stops in between? Pretty much right from Colorado to Pennsylvania. I was only in Colorado, I think, less than a year. We moved pretty early for my dad's work and stuff like that. So I grew up in Pennsylvania my whole life. Yeah. Great stuff, Allie. I really appreciate it. Best of luck your junior year. Thank you so much. That is Allie Lau, star player for the Colgate volleyball team. Now we're going to move from player to head coach of the volleyball program. Always a pleasure to talk to Ryan Baker. What do you attribute this 5-1 start to, coach? I think it started in the offseason. I could tell that this team wanted to make a change. I thought their work ethic went up. There was just a real sense of urgency to get after it, and they maintained all summer, which, you know, I think it's, you know, when your student athletes go home for the summer, that is one of the most challenging things. They have to be extremely self-disciplined, and they really were. And also, I think the coaching staff, you know, we all took a look and said, what do we need to do to get over the hump? You know, we've been so close so many years in a row, so we really changed our style and system of play, and we are playing a fast-paced game that emulates a national team. You know, I think everyone wants to be like the Olympic team, but you have to have a setter to make it go. And, you know, Julia is now a sophomore and she is setting a tempo in a game that you could almost see at the national team as far as its speed of play. Do you think last year's two and five star was a contributing factor as well, coach, that the team saw that and, like you said, really got after it this offseason and is off to a great start compared to last year? Yeah. You know, I think in general, like I said, we did like a PowerPoint. We did a group team meeting right after season and said, what do we all need to do in this room? You know, me included. I'm the first. You know, we've been to the Patriot Championship tournament eight of the last 10 years. You know, we're right there. What do we all need to do? And so we came away with some real tangible items. So far, it's been really good. We need to stay healthy, like all teams. Last year, we had the injury bug with five players going down. We can't afford that. And, you know, we need to still keep getting better on a daily basis and pay attention to details. You know, I think now it's can we keep our mindset and keep competing, do what we need to do on a daily basis. Now the X is sort of on our back. You know, when you're 5-1 and one and people are paying attention and they're seeing who we're beating and who we're playing against, we're getting everyone's best match. <laughs> that happened last weekend. It was a very different, everyone's going to play harder against us. What is the best match that your team has played so far? Out of the six, what's the best match? Mm, that's a good question. I was really happy with how we played against Buffalo. Buffalo is made up of a, a very senior-laden team with transfers and internationals. I think they have the ability to win the map. I thought that was a huge win on their floor. It was a very interesting tournament. We played three matches in 24 hours, all five sets, and Buffalo hosted. So they said the tournament, they only played one match a day for three straight days. And so to me, that, that also said a lot about our team already. Talking to Ryan Baker, head volleyball coach at Colgate University. Pretty close to 6-0. and Talk about the close call to start the season against the Alabama Crimson Tide. It was just back and forth great volleyball. I mean, both teams were hitting the ball really hard. 
Both teams were serving aggressively. I think we sort of made a name for ourselves really quickly. Had a lot of people, alums and fans and, you know, people I've never interacted with reach out to me. Because I think in that moment, people could see that we were a whole different program. You know, at the end, we gave Alabama everything we had and they just beat us. You know, I think if Alabama in the fifth didn't do what they did and they had any moment of weakness, we win that match. Those are the things that I, I try to create every year, experiences where people realize that we have a real program here in Hamilton, New York. And this team is by far the best team I've ever had at Colgate. Again, barring any injuries, we're the real deal. Colgate coming home this weekend, Coach. Explain to the listeners why this weekend's tournament for the second year is named the Ellis Rowland Memorial Tournament. And what did Ellis mean to this volleyball program? It's a pretty, really cool thing that we have going here. Ten years ago, Ellis and his wife Susie approached me thinking I was a student, which I still you know, like to say out loud. And at the time, I was probably 27. I invited him to a game. They came and loved it. And then they started the senior Roddy Radish for volleyball, which is going strong at 50-plus for our matches of retirees from the local community generally Colgate grads, and it's just taken off. And so Ellis was the ringleader of this, and unfortunately he passed away unexpectedly last July, and I thought this was the smallest token appreciation. The impact him and his wife have had on players from 10 years ago till now is something that they talk about more than anything. I think that the Rowdy Raiders have had such an impact on our program that it's something that they're talking about with their children. They come back and they want to see him. So We have something really special with that group. So this is the least that we could do to honor him. And let's preview this tournament, Coach. Quinnipiac, New Hampshire, and Rutgers, the teams coming to Hamilton. Now, Rutgers, you played last year and you defeated Rutgers, but it's been a while for Quinnipiac and New Hampshire. What do you know about these teams coming to Hamilton? I think they're all very different. Quinnipiac's in a building part of their program. They have a brand new coach in Kyle Robinson, who was an unbelievable player in his day. He did a great job at Long Island as a head. He's been assistant in Oklahoma. So they're going to be well coached. I do know that. He knows what he's doing. And then we face another brand new coach with New Hampshire. You know, from watching film, New Hampshire's going to be a, a different match for us to handle. They run a whole different type of offense that we have yet to play against this year, where a lot of crossing and I would people from the fans that think a lot of trickery so we need to adjust to that and then Rutgers last year they have nine players that are international and eight of them or so were freshmen last year so they have an international experience about them and they're a year older than last year they're off to a really good start you know it's a big 10 team so I think at the end of the day, we got to take care of every match one by one. And I think we get to Rutgers. I think our team's going to show up and play hard because they know if they don't, it won't be good for us. Chatting with Colgate Volleyball Coach Ryan Baker on the Raider Report podcast. How did Colgate's involvement in the Carolina Classic come about, Coach? Every year I try to give the team a out-of-region experience if possible. You know, I think it's important for them to go and show Colgate in the national scene. Well, Nikki, our new athletic director coming from Chapel Hill, I knew she had worked for the women's volleyball program, and I've known the coach there for a long time. So we just started talking, and I just thought it was a really good fit for us. I think Chapel Hill's a really cool place. It's such a, such a sports school with a lot of tradition, and I think it'll challenge ourselves, the exact right challenge we need right before Patriot League. So right before we open with American. So it just worked out, and 
I think it's going to be really exciting to go down there and play down there. You heard Coach correctly, Colgate listeners, opening up the Patriot League season with American. What's up with that, Coach? Has that ever happened during your tenure here at Colgate? Usually you don't open up with Eagles. No. I would like to take credit, but that was the way the league made the schedules. Hopefully we can continue just to play our game and keep our head on. You know, I think there's always excitement around American, maybe nervous energy because what they've done so well in the league. But I hope we just play our system because right now our system, we can play with anybody. So it'll be really exciting to be at home and start with them for sure. So do you like them first up on the Patriot League schedule, Coach, or does it really matter you're going to play them all anyway? Yeah, you know what? Why not try something? <laughs> it'll be awesome. And then, you know, we're home for three straight. So I think it could really change our psyche with a win. That's for sure. Ellie Lau already on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. What a start for her, Coach. Please discuss Allie's hot start to the season. She's having a coming out party. I think a lot of people knew about Allie freshman year, and then last year she was, you know, I think a little off, uh, not as good. This year she's the real deal. I would tell fans, you have a Big Ten player here in Hamilton, New York. This kid is freakish. She jump-touched 10-3 in this season. She's playing at a whole different level mentally. She's playing six rotations. She's hitting the back row ball. I mean, everyone that's come and watched her, I mean, she's she's a load, and she's really hard to stop. So it's very exciting to coach. I feel like I'm at Penn State coaching those type of athletes with her in the gym. Besides Allie, Coach, who else will Colgate fans enjoy watching this year? Yeah, I think Julia Kurowski. You know, I think well, the type of system we're running, our setter, I mean, she's a sophomore, and honestly, she acts like a senior she leads. She says the right thing. She runs a really good offense. I think uh, anyone that knows the game well, that's the player that they automatically go, you couldn't do what you're doing without her. The thing is this year, Eric, is we just have so much depth. It's hard for me. Literally, we've, we've made lineup changes in the middle of these matches, and it doesn't matter who we put in. We're not losing a beat. And to me, that's when you know you're good, is that you don't lose an ounce of difference no matter who's in the match. So, Alex Stein's always there. Taylor Flaherty showed up. Bridget Kolsky. I mean, I could go on and on. That's the scary part. Coach, always great catching up with you. Thank you so much. Best of luck the rest of the season. Thanks again. That is Colgate Volleyball head coach Ryan Baker on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. From the head coach of volleyball to the head coach of football, now we're talking to Dan Hunt. What was the off week like for Colgate football? It was needed. You know, obviously with two straight losses to start the year, it was such a unique preseason. You know, we played both of those games before our kids took a class. And it just kind of had a feel like camp felt like it went on forever, you know, so we got a little bit more into a somewhat normal schedule with going to class and having practice. We were able to kind of do a little bit more competition against ourselves, kind of get the energy back up. Really led to a good off week of practice, which translated into a, you know, good game week prep for this one. Does that approach ever change based on when the bye week comes or what your record is? Usually focus on yourself the first week coach and then a typical game week preparing for William and Mary putting in the game install and all of that good stuff. So does the approach really ever change for the bye week? Sometimes it will. I think the good point is when it is during the season. We did some full pad, full contact stuff last week that if this bye was in maybe October, November, we probably wouldn't do. You know, we were able to put a little bit of the William and Mary game plan in. William and Mary was the first team that we actually have film of them playing this year. You know, both obviously Villanova 
we were their opener. They hadn't played a game. And Air Force, we were their opener. They hadn't played a game. So we were able to, at least during the actual bye week, we had one game of William and Mary, and then this week we had two. So we were able to get a little bit more of a realistic game plan as far as what we were going to see. The level of physicality of the bye week certainly has a lot to do with where you are in the season. Hopefully, not as much about the record. You know, I, I think we'd have done just as hard if we were 2-0 and right now. But like I said, if, if the bye was in November, you probably wouldn't see quite as much live work with each other. You alluded to the fact that class is now underway at Colgate University. How are the freshmen doing? Still kind of a glazed overlook? Yeah, it's a different world. It definitely is. It's probably true at any college, but particularly at a school like Colgate. The first kind of positive of the way our schedule worked out is, you know, that first week of class, we didn't have a game. So the freshmen kind of took their breath and, and realized what was going on and now have their have their feet under them. It's always a change when they go to classes. And, and you know, really not even just the freshmen. I think all of them, you know, it changes the schedule. But for us, it's just nice to get in that rhythm now of what time is practice. I think the bigger disruption to a practice schedule is freshman orientation uh, when they're kind of gone and we have to always kind of be on the lookout to change practice times to when we when the freshmen are available to us because you know they do the orientation stuff they don't get out of it so we had to you know the week of the air force game we were really tweaking our practice times and, and running all over the place so all that stuff's kind of out of the way and now we kind of get into that rhythm so uh you know we're really happy that that classes have started do you have to talk to the team at all coach about not pressing the panic button or they already know coach that they are 0-2 against two very good teams and the goal of winning the patriot league title still down the road coach as you haven't even played a Patriot League game yet. It's unique. This team came in with high expectations, but I think when you look at things reality wise, you know, we lost twenty something seniors off last year's team. We lost a bunch of starters, a bunch of fifth year guys, a bunch of all Americans. It was a reality check which was good as far as hey, just because we were good last year doesn't mean anyone's gonna you know, you, you don't get free wins. But one of the things I had to point out to them that, you know, we've won ten Patriot League championships and I'd be willing to say at least seven of them, we probably had a losing record in September and October. (laughs) You know, it's just kind of the way that we've kind of always battled back from slow starts or, in the case of this year, playing five extremely good teams right out of the gate. So I think the kids still have a great attitude and they do understand that there's nothing that can happen in a non-league game that can derail you from your goal of winning the Patriot League and getting to the national playoffs. So if anything, it prepares you for what will happen when you get to the playoffs. So yes, they were games we'd like to win. Not even really talking about winning. I think in some sense we just wanted to play better. I think they do realize that, especially the way the schedule worked out this year with five non-league games to start the year, you don't want to call it a preseason or an exhibition season, but there's a different weight to a non-league game than a league game, so they do realize their goals are still in front of them. Talking to Colgate head football coach Dan Hunt, you see a lot of similarities between the Air Force and the Villanova loss, coach? Yeah, just a bad stretch of football and some turnovers. That's really what's been killing us. Air Force, we never really had that second half punch to get back in the game. Yes, they were two good teams, but at the end of the day, we made a lot of mistakes that cost us. You know, we did things that we just can't do, you know. Turnovers early in the game, leading to points. They threw one pass and it was a third and long conversion. We got to get off the field on third down defensively. All the things that help you either win or lose a game, we're still doing. You know, we were still doing enough things to cost us a game, particularly against a good team. And this week's going to be no different. We have to take care of our mistakes before we worry about beating an opponent. We have to stop being the opponent and beating ourselves. So hopefully, again, as we start to gain experience, you know, there's no substitution for that. You know, we have a lot of kids who haven't played yet, haven't played a lot of football. So you can practice all you want and you can scrimmage all you want in practice. There's no substitution for game experience. So hopefully, 
as we continue to gain that, we can eliminate those mistakes. It's tough to lose any starter coach, but how tough is it to lose the starting center early on in the season for that Air Force game? I know Sam has made a recovery and stuff, but not having Sam deal for that Air Force game, the fact that you guys exclusively operate out of the shotgun, how difficult was that? And the fact that I'm sure he took the majority of the reps with Grant during the preseason. That's a position on the offensive line that's tough. Sam was a new starter for us against Villanova and really played well. I was really excited about how he played against Villanova. And then at the end of that game, he got banged up to where he missed the Air Force game. And you're exactly right. You take the center QB exchange for granted. There's the one that sailed over our head. But there's also little ones where, you know, we are asking the quarterback in our run game to you know, read an unblocked defender coming at him. You know what I mean? And uh, a lot of times it's a D lineman who's 300 pounds and coming with some bad intentions. And if he has to take his eye off of that to find the snap and then get it back, it just kind of kills your rhythm a little bit. So it's an important position and it's, it's overlooked. It's overlooked the importance of that snap in the exchange. And not that it was terrible on Saturday, but there were a couple key ones that got us, you know, out of what we wanted to do. And, you know, and then you add in addition to the fact that the center does so much as far as identifying the front and really being the quarterback of the offensive line, you know, that's a big one to lose. You know, we fought admirably with the guys that came in for him, but again, you just talk experience. We had two guys playing center for us that day who had never done it before. So, you know, it'll certainly be nice to look out there uh, this week and see, uh, see Sam back there. You already referenced the fact how refreshing it is to actually watch 2019 game tape of your opponent that is William and Mary this weekend coach how do they look different from the team that you guys shut out last year because they do have a new coach in Mike London their schemes are completely different on both sides of the football you know offensively they play a very high tempo you won't see their formations change all that much but they're very multiple out of that one position as far as what they want to do run and pass you know they use their quarterback really well he's definitely going to hurt you with his legs they're going to try to use the tempo to kind of get you out of your game defensively and then their defense a lot of the same personnel a little bit different schematically but again you kind of prep your team when you play a CAA team they're going to look better than us in warm-ups we know that but uh, hopefully we have a little bit of confidence that hey this is a team that we beat last year and, and we have film of them you know playing with Lafayette and Lafayette really for the good part of the game was hanging right there with them so you know it's always good to see the current year's team out there you know you have a little bit better feeling of what they're trying to do and, and I think your players are a little bit more confident in the game plan when they can see that team playing this year. You know, obviously, last week they played Virginia, which is, you know, that's a little bit different pill. Virginia was able to do some things that probably we won't be able to. You know, it's still nice to be able to have current year film to look at your opponent. You had a couple of 6 p.m. kickoffs last year against William & Mary and New Hampshire, and this year a couple more with William & Mary this weekend and Dartmouth coming up. Do you prepare differently at all for 6 p.m. games, Coach? Do you have practice time set different, or do you do anything different than when you're prepping for a noon or 1 or 1.30 game? Nothing too different during the week. I mean, during the week, we don't practice till 5 p.m. anyway. So really, it's the it's the noon games that are that are different for us. It's just a different feel. If, it, personally, to me, I don't like them on a Saturday night, only because, especially on the road, you know, you're kind of sitting around the hotel all day. You know, even a little thing like we have to check out of the hotel at 2 p.m. You know, and then what are you going to do? You know, so that part of it, managing the day of the game, is a little bit different, and you have to be creative there. As far as during the week, you know, like I said, we practice late enough where it's really not too big of a change for them you know physically and, and looking at the weather forecast I think it's kind of nice that we're not playing in the heat of the day down there this Saturday it's supposed to be pretty warm so I think we catch a little bit of break there and then the other part of it that kind of carries over is now you play a Saturday night game 
in Virginia, we'll probably roll back into campus and, and our kids will hit their bed at about two thirty, three in the morning on Sunday. And then you got to crank it back up and start again. So you got to be careful there too. So it's a little bit of a, of a wrinkle as far as the, the extracurriculars of your uh, schedule, but um, you know, hopefully we're getting used to it and can handle it. Why do you think you guys were so successful last year at William & Mary and how did that help set the tone for such a successful season, Coach? I agree. I look at the New Hampshire and the William & Mary games last year as big wins for the program. The measuring stick, particularly East of uh, FCS football is the CAA. And when you can beat and, and really not give up a touchdown against two of those teams, I think it legitimizes your program. If you can win two games in that conference, you know, you're a good football team. And certainly that kind of springboarded us moving forward last year, give us that confidence uh, on a national level. And so hopefully, again, we have another opportunity this week to do the same thing. If it's not the best conference in the country, it's the second best conference in the country. So if you can beat one of those teams and you know, kind of carry that confidence moving forward, I think it's huge, and I think that's exactly what it did for us last year. The 2019 Hall of Honor class recently announced here a Colgate inducting 10 this year, Coach. Tem Lukabu representing football, part of the national championship runner-up team back in 03. What do you remember about Tem? What made him such a successful part of this Colgate football program? And now I know he's having success as a coach. And he was a kid when he was here as a player, you knew he was going to be a great coach. That team was special, obviously. And then that whole period when Tem was here, we had really good teams. And I always say when your best players are your hardest working players, you're going to be extremely successful. And Tem kind of uh, ahead of the game now, uh, you know, you take it for granted these days, but this was back where this didn't happen much, is, is he would gather the defense together and they would watch film of practice and their opponent together, uh, whether it be in the office, whether it be in the dorms, whether it be wherever. And he spearheaded that. And, and you know, now it's a little bit, it's common, but I would say that back then it was uncommon. He was able to make that the culture of what we did. And then when you watch him play on Saturday, obviously he's physically talented, but you know, he played as hard and as sound and as smart as any player we've ever had. So, you know, he was a kid. When you watched him play, you knew someday if he wanted to, he would be a great coach. And, and certainly, uh, as you watch him move through the ranks of both the NCAA and now the NFL, you do understand what makes him so special. And the fact that he's, you know, one of the most quality people that you'll ever meet. I just sit back and I'm just a huge fan. And I, I think he's 100% deserving of the Hall uh, of Honor. Coach, great stuff as always. Best of luck against William & Mary this weekend. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. That is Colgate's Dan Hunt on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. This is Eric Malinowski, and I'm excited because for the first time, I'm talking to one of the star linebackers for the Colgate Raiders football team, Blaine Briggs. Blaine, first of all, how was the bye week? Was it good to hit the reset button? It was nice, you know. Uh, we got we, we kind of got to just to relax, focus on what we got to do to get better, to approach William and Mary. And uh, it, it was we had three practices that week, and it was good. It was high energy, and uh, you know, we all thought it was kind of the best practices we've had all year. And we were just we were excited to get back out there and and do what we can to get better. So the bye week, we definitely we definitely used to our advantage. And it was good. You're coming off a nine-tackle performance against Air Force. That had to be good for your confidence. Yeah, there's no doubt. You know, being kind of this, like my first time, you know, playing a lot. You know, I've always been on special teams. 
since my like my freshman sophomore year. Still am on special teams, but that game I felt like did give me some confidence. But I still have so much work to do, honestly, to be a better linebacker, and I just got to be a better player overall around, just so I can help this defense out in any way I can, just so we can be uh, back to being the great defense that we are. But you know, no doubt it did give me a lot of confidence in myself going out there. Yeah, you were waiting in the wings for a little bit behind the likes of TJ Hall, among others. Now that you are a starter, Blaine, and you did say about needing to improve, what specifically do you think you can get better at as this season progresses? And it comes with reps. You know, someone like TJ, like a guy I looked up to, he knew that defense like the back of his hand, and there was no mistakes. You know, he just he could play real fast because he just knew where the ball was going every play. And I feel like for me, you know, to get better and to get to that point and to be the best player I could be, I just I need to get, you know, more reps and just, that allow me to play faster, just understanding the, the defense 100%, and that's definitely where my game needs to be taken to the next level. Obviously, you probably wanted to play at the linebacking position right away, Blaine, but saying that, how much did you learn last year sitting and watching from the likes of TJ, Nick, Dylan, and John? A lot of people get you know upset they want to play immediately, but I kind of used it to my advantage because just, just watching guys like TJ and Dylan and John and, and now, you know, playing with Nick, those guys, they're, they're such great football players. They're such great leaders. They're such they're just great guys to be around and, and being able to play under them really helped me a lot. And I, I learned a lot on and off the field. So I was, I mean, honestly, I was, I was very thankful to be playing under those guys and watch those guys go to work every day. And hopefully Nick doesn't hear me say this, but he is the old man of the linebacking core, the returning starter. How has yep. he helped you and the other new starters adjust? He's helped tremendously. I and Nelly, you know, we call him Nelly. He's been a guy I've looked up to since I stepped foot on this campus, just the energy he brings every practice. And the thing about him is he just, he loves the game of football. He has such a passion for this game and, and that rubs off on everybody. That rubs off on the whole entire defense. So seeing that passion, seeing that energy and the focus he has every day to, to get better, that rubs off on people and especially me playing right next to him so you know I, I love been playing with Nelly and I, I look forward to still learning more from him as a new starter or did the defense as a whole feel pressured to duplicate the defensive dominance from a year ago yeah you know no doubt going into uh Villanova we had we had eight guys out of our 11 uh, make like their first starts in their at their college careers so but a big thing is that you know, every year we we're, it's a new team. And that's something like Coach Hunt said, you know, we're never going to be like the 2018 team. You know, the team next year is going to be a different team. So it's not necessarily trying to be like last year's defense, but it's, it's now creating our own identity for this year, which is something we've really been focused on, on especially in the bye week. Talking to Colgate inside linebacker, Blaine Briggs on the Colgate Raider Report podcast. Have you always preferred the inside linebacker position? Has that always been your position instead of on the outside? The high school I went to, we ran a 4-3, so I, I was an outside. I played a strong side outside, so I played in, in space, I'd say, a lot more in high school. You know, if there was ever two or three, like, detached guys, or like a, a spread-out formation, I was always playing outside of the box. So for me coming here... Now we run a three four here, you know, now I am playing inside. It really didn't take much for me from for me to change because, you know, I like being in, in the box. So I I wanna be near the ball and over the ball so I can make plays and make tackles. But I think being able to play outside in high school kinda I use that to my advantage. You know, athletic ability and being able to cover people. But I mean I love the inside back position i'll play i play wherever they put me it doesn't matter i just want to play football but yeah there's no doubt inside linebacker is definitely 
the position to be for me to be playing. How complex, Blaine, is this defensive scheme at Colgate compared to high school? Took me a little bit to to get used to that, and I'm still learning. I mean, I'm still trying to trying to learn and get better every day. But Coach Schaff is the best defense coordinator in the game. I mean, we all know that, and he puts us in the right position to succeed every single day, every single game. I really just I thank Coach Schaff for everything he's he's taught us and and everything he, he continues to teach us and how hard he pushes us every day because, you know, he, he really is the, the the greatest to be doing his job. So Yeah, and you get spoiled, Blaine, not only as Coach Schaffner, the defensive coordinator, but also the inside linebackers coach. Did you have any idea coming here how good Coach Schaffner actually is? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, I always had, had heard coming in about how good of a coach he is and obviously, you know, being – now that I've been here, this is my third year here and seeing him every day and meeting with him every day and just getting coached by him every day. He's the best, like I said earlier, and I, I'm, I'm very thankful to play under a guy like him and, and to get taught from a guy like him every single day. And It's our whole defensive staff is great. Coach Foster, Coach Belfiore, Coach Ison, Coach Acosti, they're all unbelievable coaches and that they push us to the limit every day. And, you know, I love all those guys and I really – I really enjoy playing for them every single day. Do you have the academic thing down at Colgate as a junior, Blaine, or it doesn't matter what year you're in at Colgate, every year is equally as tough? There's no doubt every year academically is tough, but, you know, being a junior now, I kind of understand the system now and I understand the professors and everything, so I think something I'm used to doing I'm comfortable with, and school's not as hard as it used to be when I was when I was here my freshman year, just, you know, having those years under my belt and everything. So, yeah, school's going good, though, you know, being in my third year. Growing up in the state of Florida, Florida, that's a long ways from Hamilton, New York. When did you first hear of the Raiders, Blaine? I was actually probably in middle school. My head coach at my high school, Billy Sparacio, he played tailback here at Colgate University. He kind of had that connection and started kind of talking to me more and more about Colgate as I was getting recruited. So then when Coach Hunt came down from one of our spring practices, they came and he talked to me and he, he said, you know, he'd have to get back to the staff. And as a staff, they have to decide whether or not, you know, they'd they want to offer me a scholarship, and then I got a call about a week later after he visited me, and they offered me a scholarship here, and I committed about two weeks later, and I knew that's where I wanted to be, just academic-wise, football-wise, and you know, just set myself up for the future. And Colgate has always had a lot of success recruiting in Florida and a lot of Florida kids on the team. That has to feel good, right, Blaine, that you're not alone, that you have a lot of fellow Floridians on the Colgate team? No doubt, no doubt. There's, you know, coming in guys like Ty Castillo and, and Nick Martinson, Courtney Mims. You know, seeing those guys from Florida have success up here definitely, you know, made me realize like I, I could do the same thing. I could be the next guy to come up here from Florida, keep that pipeline going and have success on and off the field. So there's no doubt that kind of, that gave me some confidence. You know, there was other guys from the same area that were doing well. How did First Baptist Academy in Naples, Florida, get you ready for the Colgate experience, not only athletically, but academically as well? Definitely football wise, you know, the coaches I had were really college level coaches at my high school. It was training every day, practice every day, meeting every day so that helped but academically um fba is a great school academically so that definitely prepared me for for coming here so my freshman year i wasn't just you know completely blown away by the the amount of work we had to do or anything so i felt like i was ready for for athletically and academically i was ready when i got up here and do you dream of naples florida every november december january when it gets really cold and <laughs> snowy in hamilton new york are you still homesick a little bit i never really get homesick i'm not the the type of guy to get get homesick i can kind of just adapt to, to wherever i'm at and you know, i'm always a happy kid you know a positive kid wherever i'm at but there's no doubt when it's 
it's negative eight, you know, feels like negative eight outside and you're walking to class and you think about the, you know, for me, I think about being at the beach and being in the sun, but it's never something I'm just like, oh man, I wish I was home right now. It's never like that. You know, I'm happy where I'm at here at Colgate. I have to ask you, Blaine, where did the Scooby nickname come from? Scooby, yeah. It came from my head coach. Scooby Wright was that linebacker. He played at Arizona. While I was in high school, he was there, and I, my coach came out one day, and he was just like, yeah, like, Scooby Wright, like, that's a funny name. And then he just started calling me Scooby, because, you know, I'm kind of like a an energetic, you know, guy, a positive guy, you know, so, like, that name just kind of stuck with me. And then all of a sudden, all my friends started calling me it, and then, you know, my coaches were calling me it. I even had some of my teachers in high school call me it. So then when I got up here, it kind of stuck, and now there's a lot of guys on the team who call me that. Yeah, it's funny. I like it, Blaine. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Best of luck against William & Mary, and best of luck the rest of your junior year. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. That is Colgate linebacker Blaine Briggs, and that will do it for this Colgate Raider Report podcast.